Welcome back into the great Scott show, the great sports callers, open think tank. Joining me now, Gus Cattengale, Saints and Pelicans correspondent. Of course, we, we talk about other things as well. Cracklins, NBA playoffs, name, image, and likeness. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Gus. How are you? Doing fine, man. How you doing? Hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. It is a, a new era in college athletics, if you will. Um, and that started yesterday. Um, one thing I find interesting is like so much of the, I guess, pre-NIL era. Uh, well, I say era. Ba- basically, the weeks leading up to it, or the the, the la- let's say the last year leading up to it. A lot mm-hmm. of the focus is like, oh well, you know, football and basketball players will will have the biggest benefit in this and that. <laughs> Man, you, you've yeah. got you've got an LSU gymnast from New Jersey who's 18 mm-hmm. years old who has, you know, between Instagram and TikTok like four million followers, um, and you know she's a, a attractive young 18 year old that has developed mm-hmm. this huge following. I didn't know who she was before you know yesterday or the day before yesterday, and everywhere I'm reading is she's going to make by far the most money of any college athlete, and I think. Yeah. I think we're learning more than just – it's not just going to be, oh, well, now this football player is going to go appear at a nightclub and a bunch of people are going to show up. I mean, you saw day one. I mean, just student athletes across the country uh, of, of you know, of different genders, races, sports, whatever, what, all across the board, you saw them already promoting something like the second it went through. So – um, there's still a, a lot more to come, I think, for other players and whatnot in the future. But day one, man, there was no there was no waiting. I mean, right out the gate, and nor should there be. Right out the gate, man, let let them have it. Open the doors, open the gates. And I tell you what, kudos to the people that actually that obviously work with, um, I guess, some of these teams and stuff as well. That they were prepared, they were ready for. It. And obviously, we'll talk about the implications. But what does it mean for schools? And all that, but I'm with you. I would say as surprised, and and I don't mean this in a bad way, but yeah, I I was kind of caught, you know, um, in terms of wow, I didn't expect it too, right? Because I'm like you, we're kind of all thinking about certain things, and you know, as the show was going on yesterday, where it was by the minute, like somebody was posting something, we let off out of a break. Levi Lewis, you know, the quarterback over there, man, representing yeah. Eat Lafayette and stuff. So, a match made in heaven, um, by the way. Know, it's kind of perfect. So, yeah, shout no, out Eat Lafayette, yeah, shout out try, Levi. I've yeah. been trying to get a Crackwood sponsorship <laughs> for six years. I mean, <laughs> but I'm not Levi Lewis, you know. But um, look, and that's the thing that we we can talk about too is, I think you and I, what we do for a living, Scott, and we have a lot of conversations a lot of times off, you know, you know, not on the show just in life generally, and we're constantly looking at what we do is based on advertising, and it's trying to get sponsorships, and what does that mean um, in terms of how to get them, how to keep clients, how to make clients happy, all those different aspects of it. So I kind of have, I think, you and I probably an understanding to a lot of what this works, and, you know, I think there's a lot of people that thought, hey, you know, the, the world's coming to an end, sports is done and all this. And I'm like, look, I, and this is what I've always said about paying athletes and, and everything as well, Scott, is that, you know, NIL is the, is the way to go. Whereas, because the argument is said player makes so much money for the university 
they're getting gypped. And all these athletes should be getting something to this and that. And um, what's the real value and the money? And I, I, I was like, okay, look, it's not going to be millions. might be hundreds of thousands for some. But there's certain things that I'm interested in as we move forward, too. The, a locker room dynamic. How is that going to be when, you know, not your quarterback, just anybody or any star player is the person getting – the attention and comes in the locker room and, you know, is driving a nice car, you know, um, is dressed a certain way and the other people on the team aren't. Not not everybody on a football team or a basketball team is going to get an endorsement. And in certain small towns and in certain college towns, um, you can only have so many people that are going to be able to endorse. How is that going to affect the rest of the advertising budget, Scott, part of what you and I do when we talk to clients is convincing them that their advertising budget, some of it should be spent on us. And they don't have a ton. You know, they, they may just have one. Um, I'm interested when we look at yesterday, as you see Derek Stingley Jr. Now, walk-ons is bigger. But does walk-ons spend twenty grand a month on Derek Stingley Jr.? Fifteen? Five? Um, does that take away from radio and television advertising? Does that take away from billboards? Does that take away from you know them sponsoring uh, other things sure that they do in and around the yeah. community? No, the, mo- the money's moving around. There's question. no question. I mean, absolutely. I-, I mean, and again, that's a major state franchise that's backed by Breeze and stuff. You know, if it's Prather's Cracklins, and you spend five grand on advertising, that's the Cajun. So you would love to make sure that that next. D lineman makes his way over, you know, and, and puts on that helmet and plays with Coach Napier. But, you know, and, and maybe you want to do that and, and you want to make sure. Do, do you say, do you call the school? And because this is the other element of it. I think coaches are going to be solicitors as much as anything else now, right? And you're absolutely better have somebody in an athletic department that um, organizes and, and does accept, basically what the school has already when they try to get gifts. Or, or donations to build buildings, to build weight rooms, to do all that. Now you're going to have a person have things lined up. We spoke with Chip Patterson from CBSSports.com yesterday, and he said North Carolina, the second it went live at the ready, had a deal already with the North Carolina Chamber of Commerce or the or, you know Chapel Hill Chamber of Commerce, and 3,800 businesses ready to go to tie in with sponsorships. Schools that were not ready for yesterday are behind the eight ball. You saw LSU, Alabama, um, tweet, post, do whatever they can, advertise. You talk about, yeah, Olivia Dunn standing in front of Times Square. Times Square, and it's N I L S U. LSU embraced it. They put out basically yesterday all day come to LSU so you can make money. We are ready to help you make money. That is a complete different. Tactic of recruiting. And you saw an Alabama PDF. It had, if I'm a booster, how can I help? The advantage, you know, the Alabama advantage is what they're calling it. How to help an Alabama student athlete and all that. So if you're not on it, you're behind. If you're a school that can't have third-party businesses to sort of, you know, be the in-between person to help an athlete like LSU that hired a company to do this, it's, it's. I'm telling you, it could be interesting to see it. But yeah, man, I guess the long-winded answer to what you asked at the beginning, I, I was a bit surprised at some of the earliest and some of the 
athletes that got the most because I did I do women's basketball. I, I was wondering how it affect Title IX, how it affect female athletes. I think they're going to be just fine, <laughs> just fine. Man, I mean, look, I know yesterday morning, you know, UL released a name, image, likeness video. It starts here. It starts on social media, but it was just. Right out the gate, man. I think I think if you're not if you're in college athletics and you're not embracing it, uh, you're doing it wrong. Now, to your point, I think someone might hear something you said and get the wrong idea. Right, every every program, every athletic department might want to have someone in place that oversees this, but not oversees it in terms of like judge and jury or no, you can or can't because if it's within the code of conduct. Uh, policy within the NCAA, then they absolutely can. Not so much right. the the judge jury, and I know what you meant by it. More of the mm-hmm. organizer of absolutely. If you're going oh, yeah. to do it, no. let's yeah. make sure. Mm-hmm. Look, we're here to help you. We're here to help you. I, I'm not getting the university pays me. I'm not getting anything from this. You're getting it. Here's what we got to make sure happens. And you know, I know UL put out a thing like if you're gonna if you're gonna make an appearance in UL uh, attire, you know, it needs to be. Um, you know, contact the Office of Communications and Marketing, make sure you, you have that sponsorship information, which that's the university looking out for itself. You know, if a guy if if, if a guy or girl wants to go to some uh, business or club or whatever and, and, and make money off their NIL, that's fine. Is it a business that the university does work with, does not? Maybe they want to be associated with it, maybe they don't. So, okay, you can do it, but don't wear your gear. So you need someone in place, I think. And I think all of that's going to come with time at every single school. You know, I think it's we're, – we're in day two of this thing, and I just think that the, the farther we get into it, the more uh, everyone's going to kind of learn about it and how it goes down. But um, but you know, again, if 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 a if a if a student athlete can do it, good for them. Um, and I I'm I, I my, my next question as we wrap up the NIL discussion, Gus, is uh, your old boy Reggie Bush was trending. Uh, the Saints were sending out their support. He wants his Heisman back. He wants his college stats restored. Um. You know, he probably would have made like five million in college. Instead, he he took three hundred thousand. And um, granted, you know what? At the time, it was against the rules. So there's that. But it doesn't sound like the NCAA or the Heisman Trust, for that matter, is going to be reinstating anything. And yet, you saw Reggie Bush just get um, so much support on social media and around the sports world yesterday. Uh, so Reggie Bush trending and getting a lot of love, Gus, including from the team that drafted him. They're putting out stuff on social media like the Saints. Uh, I, I think I think this is I think it's nice for Reggie. Um, I I think he probably should get his trophy and stat back and stats restored, but I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. Let me tell you something. Um, if you obviously ever listen or play any Paul Feinbaum sound, um, how he feels about Mark Emmert. And the way the NCAA has handled this and just been really slow to react and make sure it doesn't happen, um, yeah, um, I, I'm not surprised by that. It's almost like a, a proving of a point. And, look, you're right what you were saying and clarifying it. I'm saying you can have staff, just like in any university, you have associate athletic directors, and they're in charge of different aspects. Underneath the athletic director, there's absolutely going to be a division, a staffer, or more, a department. In the larger schools, get this, and that's what I was trying to get at: is organizing, um, being the liaison between businesses and such. Information. I listened um, 
to an interview with an associate athletic director for LSU that is now going to be doing this. And it's literally just as education, edu- she just kept using the word or educating our staff, educating our coaches, educating our athletes, um, bringing them in, explaining them about taxes, about, as you mentioned, you know, name, image, and likeness is great. And then there's also partnerships and she kept using the word mark. And what it is, is your trademark. And it's what you just said, you know, if the Cajuns, you know, Coca-Cola is the official beverage that is inside the stadium, but, you know, the running back wants to, you know, get a deal with Pepsi, that's fine. You can do that, but you can't wear Raging Cajun gear during that commercial, which is fine. They'd either wear a Pepsi gear, they wear something, you know, red shirt. You've seen this. I mean, you see this all the time on TV where you see athletes wearing colors that look like the team colors sure. but don't you know, have that. So, but that's, yeah, you're going to need somebody that, that kind of understands that. And, um, I, again, it goes back to some of the interesting dynamics of of how that happens. You know, if, um, a bank is the official bank of LSU, but a competing bank wants to get the starting quarterback, um, or the next big receiver for LSU, how does that make Whitney Hancock feel? You know, the official banking partner of the LSU Tigers is, Probably not going to be great. They probably still would be okay with it. But the next time you come to me and ask me for that deal to renew, that was 10 and you asked me for 15, I'm going to say I'll give you five because it's not as valuable anymore because other people are using other banks. So I think, like you said, we'll see how much that sort of affects. I thought Darren Ravel said it best yesterday. You're going to have – you know, 25 athletes, he said, that are going to make hundreds of thousands, if not, you know, a million different dollars. Like you would have like a guy like Burrow or Cam Newt. I mean, all, again, everyone's bringing up what Tebow and Reggie would have made. But that's one running back. Um, I don't think that's going to be everywhere. I think you'll see what you saw a little bit of yesterday, right? A $20,000 deal for the Eric King or things of that nature. And again, to a lot of people, that's fine. But I don't think it's going to be six, seven figures. And as I mentioned, and it doesn't mean for everybody, as Darren said, it's like 99% is probably going to stay as is. I mean, you know, the interesting competitive dynamic I'm looking at, Scott, is you already have players that transfer because they don't play. You already have players that leave because of different opportunities. What happens within a locker room is, you know, Scott, you're the running back, I'm the QB, man. I'm either, you know, throwing a lot more, then maybe running and, you know, you were, you were promised by coach Napier that would use you. And, you know, we tend to be throwing the football a bit more and you're not getting touches. Your brand goes down. But what, what if I'm throwing to one of the receivers and the other two receivers aren't getting touches? Um, they're not getting opportunity leaving within a year, because if you don't play, you don't make money because your brand doesn't grow. So I, I think if you're a head coach, it's, it's going to be interesting. You're, you're going to get conversation. I mean, you are. Um, where, where, where are my touches? Um, why is the offense not struggling, you know, moving up the football? Like we should be throwing more. Um, why do we run so much? You know, I, and that's why I think it could be important for these deals to not be um, incentive-based. I, I know there's, I saw some reports out there that there's fear that, you know, Prather's cracklings are going to go to Levi Lewis and say, hey, you know, 20 touchdowns, you get this. 10 touchdowns, you're only going to get this. I, I don't know if you can sort of do that. There may be some deals like that. The bigger ones, the larger ones, perhaps, 
followers, influencers. That makes a lot of sense. You saw um, a lot of websites, Barstool Sports, was out there literally signing athletes, and all they did was say, Scott Prather is now a member of Barstool Athletes, and then they post they post to your Instagram. So as reluctant as I've been on TikTok and all this other stuff, you better get on it. If, you, if, you, if you're an athlete and you didn't learn that yesterday, every single student athlete in college, after yesterday, better, and I'm sure they have a social media page, but better have understood one thing. You're now documenting, posting, creating anything and everything on social media, period, if you want to make a dollar. It's that simple because you mentioned Olivia Dunn. I mean, she's just literally doing a gymnastics move or two on the beach or sitting in her room or on the team bus. I mean, just all Or, or on the beach. Or on the beach. Or on the beach. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, the UL baseball team, get together, throw the baseball around wearing backwards hats and do it to a funny song. Post it. You're going to make money. I'm just – that's that's literally what I learned yesterday, that if you're not on those two applications, you're it, – it's, it's the easiest path to get something. And I think in the two people I talked to that cover business sports, that, that's going to be the easiest thing, the walk-ons, the canes, the – Nike, the Adidas, everyone's, you know, Oregon's going to win it all. Okay, but is, is Nike going to pay every single student athlete? Maybe. Maybe at Oregon it comes out that every single student athlete gets five grand just to show up through the door per Nike. Okay. Um, how does that affect their business model, though? Um, how does that affect their business model with other schools? Are, are they okay with that? Or, you know, consumers as well. And back to the original conversation I had with what you and I do in our field and our business. That's, you know, trying to create and, and keep clients happy and, and understand that, you know, there's expectation levels and there's only so much that goes around, you know. And so, it, it, it look, again, it's day one, and I think it, it's like free agency to me. I think you're going to see a big flurry of things. It's going to be a period of calm, and then you'll see it grow. But uh, it's here to stay, dude. It's, it's never going to go away now. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Gus Catengel, our guest, Saints and Pelicans correspondent. Um, I covered uh, Steve Ballmer um, and and the way he celebrates uh, during games in the last segment. So we don't need to go into that since I only have you for a few more minutes. Um, are the, are the are the Pelicans like? Should I put in a resume at this point, Gus? Like, what's what's happening with the coaching search here? I think we got you on mute there, partner. Or did we lose them? I, um, it's all good. Sorry. No, no, I got you. I, yeah, I, I tend to put your meat so you don't hear the dog and the kid and the team. No, I like it. I, I want to hear it all. I want. I want to hear it all. You want to hear it? I want to hear daddy screaming. You know, clean me up. Quick, real quick, real real quick story on that. I remember when I got COVID. I guess in November, I I was doing the the morning show from my house once I was able to, and I was interviewing Coach Napier, and it was man, it was like. You know, they were coming off of a big win and, and his name was was out there and other news of teams interested. So it was like it was you know, it was an important interview and uh, people were listening and in the background, if anybody was listening really well, they heard my second child say, Daddy, I'm ready to wipe. So like it's all fair game on the airwaves, man. It's all fair game. Dad life you. making my, news, my, you know, it's good. Yeah. I at least I've talked mine to say I'm done. 
So I mean, my mind, <laughs> mind's undone. Um, it, it does start, though, with, as you know, I've asked, do you have to go? And he says, I have to poo-poo. So, you know, I mean, at least, you know, education is what I said. You know, just teach you, be ready to go, and we're good. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that's interesting about the coaching thing that you were talking about is I do get some calls. I do see some tweets. I saw – you know, uh, other people yesterday tweeting, uh, you know, Coach Carter and other those are guys going to be available. Here's what I would say to that. Yes, you would like the search to, to have a coach um, by now. But at the same time, Scott, as you know, you better get this one right. <laughs> I mean, like, there's no other way to sort of put this, right? Like, you better get this one right. So – when you look at the teams that have coaches, as I've been saying on the air, I would just ask a Pelicans fan this. Did, did you want Chauncey Billups? I know some did. I got some fans that were into the Chauncey Billups race. But I wouldn't say it was, oh, that was the guy that we wanted, right? Um, Rick Carlisle, was that a guy that you thought you were, were going to get? Um, Budaka was probably somebody a lot of people didn't even know. Um, and he looked always destined for Boston. So when, when you look at all of the coaches that have signed already with those teams, I would just simply say, is that the person you wanted for the Pelicans? And, and if you go, well, then, then there's no need to, to get upset. Um, you have to get this right. You have to figure out who it is that, that works best. We've talked the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and, it's you know you read the same reports that I do, Scott, from the local reporters and the national people as well. But from my speaking to certain people, it's right on the money. The following: they absolutely, apparently, the, the, the players want a former player. They feel that a former player is very key. Okay, no matter if he played overseas or here, they think a former player will connect better. It was about communication and messaging. The same principles and values and things that you're going to hear from the new coach in this press conference when he's hired, you're going to sit there and be like, well, isn't that what Stan Van Gundy preached? Because I can tell you right now, David Griffin wants, okay, a defensive coach that can play, can preach defense, develop young players, get the most out of the players. You're going to hear hustle and all those things. I mean, look, you're looking at um, – the, the games in the playoffs right now, Scott, and it's, you know, in between every quarter interview, Nate McMillan and, you know, Monty Williams, they're, they're sitting there preaching, talking about defense, their defense, and, you know, Devin Booker and all these other guys that, you know, buy in, unselfish play. These are all things Stan Van Gundy said. I mean, we would make fun of them, and I got a call yesterday on my show sitting there going, I just think the guys got tired of hearing um, you know, get back on defense. And I just started cracking up laughing. I'm like, first off, like Sam Van Gundy, when he was incredulous, he shouldn't have to tell you to get back on defense, A. And B, um, that's what you need to do. And I, I keep saying to everybody that's wondering, hey, where's our coach? Where's the next coach? I'm like, well, the first thing you got to figure out is what kind of roster you have. Because on that team, you had a roster that was so immature that literally – they didn't listen, and they didn't buy in. So the first and foremost, you better get somebody that they buy in. Um, David Griffin, 
the press conference he had announcing Van Gundy and the team's mutual parting of ways said that he wasn't per se going to have Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson and ask him for the search. But again, that was before the next day the athletic article came out in which it came out that Zion was unhappy and his family wants him on another team. So I'm not surprised, Scott, to see yesterday the report that two nights ago in game five, Brandon Ingram and Trajan Langdon were at the game in L.A. Yeah, together. Together, sitting there. So it does tell you that Brandon Ingram's on this team moving forward. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk, even for me, and speculation, hey, is that a guy that fits with Zion's move? But you go back to the end of the season press conference, and Zion you know, said that him and Brandon were going to work out together. Um, there was a, a report that, that I was told that um, Zion and B.I. have talked to a candidate or two. So they are involved. And, like, when I say involved in, 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 in talking to, I'm not saying maybe to go over the credentials and make the decision, but I think it's smart as heck whether it's Zoom, Microsoft Teams, FaceTime. You know, for me to be like, hey, Scott, I'm thinking about bringing in this guy. You're my PD uh, to come in and do this. I'd like you to meet him, you know, just chat. It could have been a five-minute talk. It can be, hey, how do you plan on using me, you know, and see how they communicate. What's the vibe? I think that's exactly what David Griffin should do. Um, So when you look at the names that really seem to be at the surface, I know Jacques Vaughn was one. I know out there it's the family aspect of it. I think it's a very real thing. I don't know what Zion's doing, and that article maybe gives him pause, and he knows that if everyone is back healthy at Brooklyn, they're winning a championship likely next year, and he's still going to be asked to be a head coach. So that made sense. Um, Charles Lee, a guy that played overseas, seems to be a good that a lot of people sort of respect. And then you have the Willie Green name that popped up this week, um, almost seemingly overnight that has apparently interviewed for Washington and, um, and interviewed in Orlando and, and really stood out. And we played some sound from a, an interview that he did at the beginning of the season um, at training camp for Phoenix. And yeah, he's only been coaching since 2016, but Scott, I, the, the way he spoke about what to learn from a coach, what he's grabbing for money, the ties to Monty Williams, the fact that he played for New Orleans, um, and more importantly, kind of seeing a team and an organization that turned it around like that, that has a young star like a guy like Booker, but people have to say it's not Devin Booker three years ago. Um, he's a much better player now. The Andre Ayton had to get that talking to for Monty Williams. You know, you can just go here and get a paycheck. You can get here and get an even bigger paycheck based on your work ethic. So I was real impressed just by listening and, and reaching out to some people about Willie Green, um, I think a lot of people are going to have some pause about his experience. Like this, Scott, you have the shock doctor in Fred Vincent. He's not going anywhere. So that guy works on developing and continuing to develop the players. You have Teresa Witherspoon, who Zion and a lot of the other younger players credit for helping their mindset and helping their game. David Griffin all but essentially shut her down as a head coach by saying it's not her time yet, essentially. But she's on staff. If you bring in a guy like Willie Green, who, again, per the reports, is known to have very good communication skills, what you need on this team, you you pair him up with a veteran, maybe past head coach, 
as his associate head coach, and all of a sudden your bench, you know, looks like one that can compete. I, I, I know it's hard for a lot of listeners to understand. Everyone knows your X's and O's, and in basketball for the most part, and in and out timeouts, learning on the fly, things of that nature that will help. But I'll send you the sound, Scott. I mean, Willie was um, he was impressive, I think, on some of the sounds that he was saying. It's like, I don't know it all, but I'm going to learn. And there's a lot of good coaches in this league, and I'm taking bits and pieces. And, man, that's smart. And I just I think maybe that grows with it. It's a huge risk. I get it. But quite honestly, when the other name that popped up this week popped up and it was Mike D'Antoni, uh-huh. I got nauseous. Oh, and dude, I, I you got nauseous, mouth. man. So, I just I, yeah. I, I called it a day. <laughs> Yeah, and look, and uh, you know, and look, Willie's Willie's dad is uh, Willie's dad is the drummer in the meters. So you know, added bonus, little New Orleans flavor, you know. I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. I just I I'm not gonna lie to you. When I when I started making some calls, and I, you know, I got that early in the morning, and by the time the show started, I cut up some sound. I was I was like, man, you know, that would make sense. That that would make sense. It's better than the reach with, and I can tell you the phone calls we got, dude. That was not the direction Pelicans fans wanted to go. Um, and, and again, if you meet and those two guys um, sign on, buy in, then that's what you do. And like I said, the fact that Brandon Ingram's sitting down there, and you know, again, I've been told that. B.I. and Zion have been involved to a point where, you know, they either met or, you know, communicated with the candidate or something like that. I think that makes all the sense in the world because those are the two guys you're building around. So uh, I think it's a smart business move. Gus Katengar, Saints and Pelicans correspondent, has been our guest. You can give him a follow on Twitter at GCAT underscore one seven. That's G-K-A-T-T underscore one seven. Host of the Sports Hangover in New Orleans, noon to three weekdays. My friend, every Friday morning right here with uh, with the kid in the background doing his thing, making Pop-Tarts, cooking breakfast, cleaning up after the dog, and, uh, and talking sports without missing a beat, man. It's impressive. Gus, appreciate the time as always, my friend. Have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the trip. And um, I... It's long overdue for me to send you some cracklins. I mean, I know you weren't asking for them, but you referenced cracklins. I would say uh, 12 times when we were talking about NIL. Well, so no, I, I got to send you some. Look, I'm just, I gotta send I'm you just using as an example if I was, you know, getting a, um, uh, what's it called? Name, image, and likeness offer. That's it. That's it. ESPN 1420. Appreciate the call. Uh, appreciate the call, Gus, and the info. And uh, let's chat again soon, my friend. Sounds good, man. Thank you.